0: Listening to Vocal Underground. Welcome to episode five of Vocal Underground, a music discovery podcast that connects you with the people behind the sound. I'm Cleo Spencer, the former college radio DJ and podcast aficionado behind this venture. With support from Estan Digital, a marketing agency based in San Diego, I've created this podcast to support local underground artists and give you, the listener, the opportunity to know them because music is about more than just a catchy chorus. It's about giving voice to our stories and connecting over our shared experiences. So let's dig in. Meet Gabby.
1: My name's Gabby, and I play
2: the guitar and do the vocals for the live band.
3: My name's Carl, and I play the drums.
0: My name is Erica, and I play the bass. To clarify, the band name is capital G-A-B-I Gabby, named after the vocalist and frontwoman Gabby Manning. Carl and Erica make up the live band that travel and perform with her on tour, but when it comes to recording the albums, Gabby handles most of the instrumental tracks on her own, with some help from drum master Carl. On their recent tour, the full live band stopped in San Diego and generously sat down with us at the STN office to talk about music.
1: Like I was never really interested in music growing up uh, and no one in my family does music. It was just kind of like, uh, I skateboarded a lot and that was kind of the career choice that I was taking and my family was super supportive of that and I ended up getting really hurt and wasn't able to skate for just over a year and because of that I kinda got depressed and got really into playing the guitar and then by the time I was healed up I just found this enormous love for music and um, kinda just still noodled around on guitar and then um, started singing and from there started writing songs and it kinda just progressed to being like oh well I bet I could write a keyboard part for this or, oh, I bet I could come up with a more interesting bass line or something like that. So it it kind of just came together. I still feel like I'm just kind of doing what feels right, kind of winging it. And I still feel like I'm learning so much. Music is is something that, I mean, all arts are something that's just progressive. And, you know, if you feel like you know it all, you don't.
2: <laughs> I will say, Gabby is like, super motivated, like, I feel like she can take something and be like, oh, I really would like to do this, and then, like, have, like, so much positivity and just push for it and just get, like, good and great at it, but, like, still have this sense of, like, humility, which is super awesome, so I had to just slide that in there really quick, but it's super cool to see, like, I don't know, just her do all of the music and just be like, oh, I'm going to try to do keyboards with this. And then also in regards to skateboarding, I think that's super awesome as well. Shout out to Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you. Because Gabby started playing shows at just 17 years old, she's had more time than most to become a seasoned contributor to multiple DIY scenes.
1: I, the first DIY scene that I really got involved with, I would say, was when I was 17 in the Salt Lake slash Provo scene. I grew up in Phoenix, but at the time, the Phoenix scene was kind of like snobby like it was hard to get in and if you didn't play in a band, it's just kind of like why were you at shows? and not that it was a bad thing, but it was just like an odd point in time where it was kind of like you know like i'm I'm too young, and I had become friends with people who were really, really involved in the scene, and so. I knew the scene through them and like had connections. And now that it's very open, very accepting and extremely diverse, I still have like those connections and whatnot and um, it makes it very accessible to be in the scene. But I think if you can start in the DIY scene as a teenager, you will learn so much. Um, I have a friend back home who just started booking shows like a year ago. And before that she was like a prep kid you know and so you see you know and now she's booking nationally Mm -hmm. and so you see if if you know she got started in that in high school where she would be now you know full full full-on could be making a living right off the bat out of high school and so I think if you can get involved in that and with good people and you have a good heart and you're honest and hardworking. The DIY scene is a great place to get involved with as a kid because you just learn so much. Just give you a head start on everyone else.
0: How did you guys start performing together well Erica
1: <laughs> came to uh, my first house show with a band and hit up the guitar player in the band at the time and was like hey if you ever need a bass player I would love to be in your band and so that's how she joined the band and then Carl, <laughs> um. really great story for this one <laughs> carl and i had just met we had a lot of mutual friends and we just like met a few times and talked about skateboarding like we never really sat down and talked about music and um but i knew he was a good drummer in our first tour we had all these complications with the drummer at the time and it it turned out that he wasn't going to be able to go like the day before tour And so I hit up Carl and was like, could you go? And Carl made it work and learned all the songs
0: in like a day. And we went on tour and it was great. Erica and Carl first met Gabby while she was going to school in Salt Lake City, Utah. Since then, Gabby has moved back to Phoenix, Arizona, her hometown and a great city for music and skateboarding, according to her.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I'm born and raised in Phoenix and I moved to Utah to go to school and met them there and that was the first time that I started like a full band. Um, Before that, I had played a little bit with a drummer, a little bit with bassist, but just kind of shows here and there. And when I went to school, um, I had just released kind of on the whim, this album, uh, Sensitive Baby, and it ended up getting a lot of feedback. And so off that, people were like, oh, like if you ever need someone to play in your band. And so I chose some friends and formed there and then um, was kind of like ready for something new. I lived in Utah for like almost two years and wanted to move to somewhere else for another two years. So I moved home, um, finished up part of my degree. I want to get a master's, so not quite there yet. And uh, Carl came with me. And so we're just kind of hanging out in Phoenix now. Erica still lives in Salt Lake. but. We, we all get together for tour.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Among the three of them, they have a handful of experiences and opinions regarding the DIY music scenes of Phoenix, Salt Lake City, and Provo, Utah.
1: Phoenix is huge, so the more time I spend there and the more time I like get out of the zones that I'm usually in, I just learn more and more about all the other scenes that just kind of don't mingle, like the there's like a huge techno scene in Phoenix that I didn't know existed until this year, beginning of this year. And um, we have a bunch of friends from Salt Lake, which also has a really good like net music, like techno scene. And um, they came down and were like, oh no, like Phoenix is a hot spot, And like took me to all these places and like met all these people. And you know, I've lived in Phoenix my whole life. You know, it was kind of like a, a gem, like just right there. And so, that's something that makes Phoenix so great is there's so much diversity within creation. And um, since there's so many people, you kind of just, and it's, you know, it's pretty cheap to live and there's opportunities for everything. So it's an interesting scene.
3: Well, Utah is kind of weird. I don't know. I feel like there's not really a lot of room for like to like expand creatively when you're in high school, just because of kind of how Conservative, everyone is, I guess. Um, and even still, I like I'm from Provo, Utah, which is where BYU is.
2: Go kooks yeah. <laughs> well, And so I'm just
3: <laughs> that community is still like a little bit like there's still like a lot of cool people I'm friends with within that community, but it's still kind of like a combination of, like, all the Mormons from everywhere, and so it's still, like, kind of a conservative, like, area, even in college. Um, But for sure, like, once I started getting involved with the Salt Lake scene, that's, like, a good area.
2: In high school, there's not a lot, like what Carl was saying, not a lot of music that happens, and then when people kind of start to transition and maybe, like, start to break away from, like those cultures and stuff like that, it creates such a cool um, like experience for music I guess, like that transition for people like maybe in some cases being in the church and then leaving the church there's a lot of emotion in that. It creates a lot of conflict in your brain I think in certain things which in turn could produce really awesome music yeah. and, but it's like a lot of contradictions or a lot of just, yeah, combating ideas that you have to, like, work out and figure out. I feel like that was a lot of the thing for me and, like, I feel like, again, where some of my, like, personal music inspiration comes from is, like, trying to figure out, like, what the hell my brain wants and, like, what is right and what's, like, what do I actually think and stuff like that, so, but, it's, it's an interesting scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool, though, is the thing. Yeah, there's it's, a lot it's, of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, I mean, y'all know about, like, Imagine Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They're from Utah. <laughs> just That's, like, the,
1: the that sound we were talking about, like, uh-huh. that folk pop. It's just, like, every band, all cis men, and they are just want to be Imagine Dragons. Yeah. And So it's wow. just, like, Imagine Dragons 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> every night in Provo. Yeah. But whatever <laughs> it's like it's a different scene you know yeah. the the thing is is it's like I, I really can't even shit on them because they're great musicians and they're very
2: talented they yeah, know what
1: they're doing They're yeah they're extremely Clearly. talented and like ripping off a song is hard like you have to you have to be good at your <laughs> instrument like I understand that they just and you know, I just had to remind myself that what they want out of music is extremely different from what I want out of music
0: was only at the start of their tour up the coast when they stopped to chat with us back in august it had been going pretty well so far but not without a few speed bumps
1: uh pretty much for this tour and i found out the hard way (laughs) that august is a terrible time to book a tour because it's a bunch of leases are changing over people are going on vacation for the end of tour or for the end of summer people are starting school you know it's like so much is going on in everyone's lives and that is almost what makes this tour even more amazing is that we do have so many great things and it's just like everyone had to work twice as hard because it's out of the summer, it's a terrible time. And something from our last tour and from the DIY scene that was really beautiful is I have this friend Colin and he plays in the band Snow Roller. And he, they're all amazing musicians, just like the sweetest people And we played with them once in Salt Lake and had a really good show at a really good time and then just followed each other on Instagram and and whatnot. We kind of joked around just like on Twitter and the web and then we played this festival called Tree Fort and we ran into them then and it was just like, ah, friends! And then they're coming to Phoenix and we're like, friends! You know, like we get to (laughs) play with them! And you just like built this relationship where you get to see him kind of regularly but not really and there's just like so much love there and he's super busy always touring and I'm like hey we want to play in Portland and he's like I'll book your show and he booked us like the hell of a show like this everyone we have played with in Portland is just like that show's gonna be amazing sick. you know and so it's like wow like what a DIY inspiration of just like helping people out and like you know, he, he's not getting paid for it. He's not, he's just being a fantastic friend mm-hmm. and like fellow musician. And I think that's something beautiful about touring, but also it's just about a scene.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the DIY scene, it can't be overlooked that Gabby is a female-fronted band, one that doesn't hesitate to point out the sexism they often face being, as they say, non-dudes in the DIY scene.
1: I think every woman in the music scene has experienced heavy sexism and I think I'm more equipped to handle it because I've been in skateboarding for a long time where you would be the guy at skate and he would scream at you and throw a fit you know in front of everyone and you Ugh. you'd be afraid and, but and just like what do you want me to do you want me to fake it you want me to, you know and and growing up having that happen now that I'm in the music scene and someone's like Oh, do you need help with that? It's like no. Yeah, at least you're not yelling at me. But no, yeah. I don't need help on this. Like, and I've had uh, you know people just be like, Oh, you got on label? Oh, then we can get on label, no? You know, and it's like, Oh, you went on tour? Oh, easy, we can go on tour. And it's like, it's because of... I'm a woman doesn't mean that no hard work is going into this. Like, because I'm a woman means twice as yeah, much exactly. hard work is going into More. this. And touring also is you know. It's, it's scary having, being a woman-fronted band and, you know, like being sexualized or trying to find somewhere safe to play and making sure you're around safe people all the time. They're, it's definitely spooky, but um, it is very beautiful to meet other women across the United States and within your c- scene and just be able to understand like you're having the same struggles I am and... Yeah. And to be able to help each other out and, and make sure
2: each other feels safe and and heard, it's it's cool. It's like, uh, it. I feel like within the last couple of years, um, the scene where I'm at in Salt Lake, it's like. I started playing. I was playing music and I played music and I was the only girl in a, in like an all dude band, and that was incredibly intimidating. And I felt like I, there was a lot of like underlying sexism and like I don't know just like weirdness in that and putting like down because I'm a female playing like mansplaining for sure 100 percent like mansplaining but um, starting to play in bands where it like I played in another band where it was no dudes at all like female non-binary and it was incredibly comfortable like it changes like the feeling that I had playing and allowed me to kind of, like, experiment and, like, grow a little bit. And then, like, also with Gabby as well, it's, like, a really comfortable space. It's it's kind of crazy the difference that there is in those, like, kinds of bands. And so I think, like, it's nice to have, like, fellow non-binary and female, like, people in a group to be able to, like, let loose and just, like, not not give a fuck. Am I allowed to say that on the podcast? Yeah.
1: There's definitely so many struggles and I think it's getting a lot better. Yeah. Um, and you know, more voices are being heard, but it's tricky and it's important to whether it's skateboarding or sports or art or music, you know, it's, it's important to,
2: to push. It needs to happen. We need more, we need more
0: non-dudes. They encourage fellow women and non-binary people interested in music to stay involved by finding what makes you comfortable and building confidence in your skills. Just um, do
2: it.
1: Yeah, I say just do it. <laughs> Something that helps me feel really comfortable is I try, I try to understand myself as, as best I can within that like community and um, hobby or art form. So that when I'm ready to go share with other women or non-binary or just the community in general, that, like, you know exactly what What you're doing so that when someone tries to give you shit, you could be like, you know, you know, like, I already know what I'm doing. I already know that I'm good at it. I already know that I have an equal right to be here and to enjoy this scene as you do. And that's just something that helps me out a lot because... Yeah, sometimes, you know, you play a show and someone just downplays everything that you do and just because you're a woman. And, you, you know, it, it's easy to be like, well, maybe they're right, you know, or maybe, I, you know, I I'm really am just, like, insanely lucky or something, you know, and my hard work doesn't mean anything, but if you go into it knowing, like, I worked my ass off. Like, you can work your ass off too, but don't downplay my success because I worked for it. And so I think just... Build that inside yourself and, and have something to go back to. So when
2: someone tries to squash it, you know that yeah. they're wrong. I think also surrounding yourself with people that feel, make you feel comfortable. Totally. I said earlier, I'm like, just do it. But I'm like, I have that mindset, but I cannot apply that to my own life by just like, just make music. It's, it's such a, for me, it's like a vulnerable thing. Like you're you're showing your art and it's not always easy. So I think it's super important to be able to have relationships where you can like share that with people and get positive feedback and maybe like criticism, positive criticism.
1: Person, I I think I think that sensitivity and vulnerability and self-reflection are are what makes the world go round. You know, like that's that's how you really tap into like true love and honest love. And um, all my lyrics are just sensitive. You know, if I try to write something that's doesn't that's not true to myself, it. I hate singing it. I don't like it, you know? And so I've liked sensitive rock, and, and I feel like that totally encompasses my my music because it's it's rock and roll, but it's vulnerable, and I think that that's so important. So it could be vulnerable
0: rock, but I think most of the time it's just sensitive. So not not too harsh, but not too quiet. All the sensitive rock songs featured in this podcast are off of Gappy's latest album, Crushes. It's a vulnerable conceptual album inspired by the different types of crushes we have throughout our lives.
1: So there's, there's more that will come behind the concept with um, the short film that I'm going to release probably soon after we get home from tour um, that will expand more upon the concept of what a crush is. But it's just supposed to make your mind kind of kind of start spinning on that and thinking about crush. What you know, why why is that such a normal thing to be like, oh, I have a crush on someone. I'm just Wh- sitting
2: here like. It's thinking. like yeah, it's
1: like <laughs> why, you know, why why did they choose that word? You, you, you put it in another aspect and it's like obliterating something. You know, it's crushing. And so I was, started thinking about that and and the changing develop like the developing meaning of that throughout your life when you're a kid and it's like, oh, you got a crush on them, you know, and then it develops into, oh, I have a crush on that person. And now as an adult, I I feel like all my best friends are people who it's like i had a crush on you at some point and it's mm-hmm. totally cool you know like it, it's totally cool yeah. to be like oh yeah erica like i have a crush on you you know and it's just it's like Carl, a very i have a crush on you yeah it's just like a very <laughs> very like open just like moving thing of like i think you're so great i think everything you're doing is so great and um i feel like that's where i am in my life and so i i just The concept, a lot around the concept was, I made rules around the creation to kind of push myself. And I wrote the first five names that I could think of that I'm good friends with that I've had slash have a crush on. And then I stopped at five, and I wrote it also in that order. I wrote just like quick lyrics and just like some melodies, kind of came up with what I wanted is the song and recorded them all probably in the space of, like, an hour and a half. And then through over, like, two and a half weeks, three weeks-ish, um, like, beefed them up. And I couldn't, couldn't take anything away from them, but I could add music. But I couldn't change the lyrics. I couldn't change the melody. And um, that was really fun. I played drums on most of the album. Carl played drums on... Like the two, you, you'll you'll know what tracks Carl played the drums on because they're really advanced and good and add so much to the song, and um, and then just kind of did everything that I put into it in three takes because I feel like that's um, that was an interesting concept I was thinking of at the same time as to is it. More honest if you do only save it from the first three takes, or is it less because you have less time to put into it? You know, and um, just like you know, if you were if someone's response to something is it more honest if they have more time to think about it, or is it or is it the purest form if they just respond? And so I was kind of thinking about that at the time, so I decided to hit the three. The three has to be one of the first three takes, and kind of around that concept
0: did you have any uh conceptual albums that you took inspiration from or like in general what do you take inspiration from um I take
1: a lot of inspiration from just like my friends and when you become intimate with people and you learn about their upbringing and their fears and how they feel love. I think those are the things that I think about the most. And um, I, I, I'm friends with everyone I meet but the, but the close people in my life I think are a huge part of my life. So the more I get to know about them and, and be able to laugh with them and be able to show them love and validation in a way that's unique to them, I think that's a really large part of my life that inspires the art i make whether it's visual or um, auditory but conceptually i just like realized that i love concepts like just the absurd concepts of life and so i started um just doing voice memos of all these concepts that i have and like beginning of this year in like February and they have so many and I would just like go through and listen to them and be like yeah that's a good concept you know <laughs> Damn, and bloody. like they're like crazy or like I'll just like call, call someone and be like dude this concept you know and it's <laughs> like ah! and so I was doing that and I came across Crushes and I thought of the concept and was like I should do that like that's something that I can convey through music, and then do just like a little bit more and have that short film with
0: it. Fueled by her creativity and work ethic, both Gabby the Artist and Gabby the Band look like they have a strong future in whatever DIY scene they find themselves in next. I love working hard, and this is something that
1: I can work hard at, and I love making music. So I think I'll always make music, Um, but I don't know if I'll always be touring. (laughs) Probably not. so, I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens, but I don't have any specific things that I need to accomplish or I don't have a longevity in mind when I create things. But I'm just I'll here to support. Doing yeah, <laughs> <Just probably. laughs> I'm like I'll be involved in the DIY scene for the rest of my life and I think I'll be making music and hopefully like collaborating with other people and helping produce or mix and some someone else's music forever but um yeah i don't know if gabby will be touring and be as actively involved forever i don't think so
2: we'll see time will tell
0: mm.
2: gabby herself will be but oh yeah maybe as long as i'm alive yeah maybe gabby music project will just progress to
0: another super human band thing yeah <laughs> super bands yeah, yeah. Resonating with Gabby, Erica, and Carl's experiences? Stay in touch with at Gabby and Friends on Facebook or Instagram. They're working on a brand new album this month, which you'll get a little preview of after the short plug for the Vocal Underground Instagram. Follow us at Vocal Underground for the latest updates and exclusive behind-the-scenes content with the featured bands. And next month, watch out for a new episode featuring Le-Ra and their insights as a band living and working across the border. Till then.